0: My name's Will DeFries, and this is the Sunday Scaries podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Because it's the first episode of the month, we're going to jump into some listener questions that we got from Instagram. Let's dive right in. Our first, what is the proper etiquette for morning after drunk texts? Do you acknowledge Or do you ignore? If there's one thing that can inspire Sunday scaries on an otherwise normal Sunday, it's the thought of that drunk text being a dark cloud over your head all day. So whether or not they respond, you still hate the fact that you thought it was an okay idea to send a text to that one person. As much as I don't like admitting this, I was really no stranger to a drunk text back in my single days. I think we all probably were. It's something we've all done and something we've all regretted but how you handle the fallout of that drunk text makes all the difference. Here's my three-step guide for dealing with drunk texts. The first, delete the text from your phone. Ignorance is bliss. You don't wanna see it when you're scrolling later and the days later when you're just, you know, going through your iMessage and you're sober and you don't wanna see anything that you did while you were drunk. It's just the best to just delete it and pretend like it never happened, even though it did. You can't totally block it out, but you can at least take it out of your visual, you know, kind of just area. Our second step is to decide whether or not you need to apologize or not. Was it an inappropriate text? Was it innocent? Was it coherent? Sometimes the easiest thing to do is to just say, haha, I was really drunk last night. I'm sorry. It's pretty innocent. But then you leave yourself open to praying that they respond. And if they don't, it can be awful. The third step would be to avoid your phone as much as possible on that Sunday. While this may be top of mind on a Sunday immediately after you did it, it will be a distant memory come Monday, I promise you. And it will be even more out of their mind by Monday, thankfully. So distract yourself, turn your phone over, get high on your couch, just do anything to avoid overthinking that text. And who knows, maybe that regretful text will become a spark that turns into a fiery romance. But probably not. Our next question. What is your footwear lineup going into spring? In the last Lister Questions episode, I did my winter shoe lineup, and I've actually started to already begin to take measures to up my spring lineup. There shouldn't be that many surprises here, but my first one is a pair of Birkenstock Bostons that I'm actually wearing right now. These are something that I've been wearing the most as of late. They're my go-to shoe. They are so comfortable that I can already tell that I'm probably going to have to buy another pair before summer's over. They have been my absolute go-to, and I can't speak highly enough for them. Additionally, there's a shoe that's very adjacent to them, the Birkenstock Arizonas, which are just kind of those strappy sandals that you see everyone wearing in the summertime these are my same sandals from last summer they are so worn in that it feels like just a kind of a second version of my foot and these are for more casual situations I'm not afraid to beat them up or wear them literally anywhere that they may get ruined so these will be my kind of beat-up shoes for the entire summer or spring I guess as well another pair is my Belgian loafers I had these at my wedding these are just a black pair of leather shoes And these are my formal shoes this spring. I wanna start styling them down a little bit more for casual situations like weeknight dinners or happy hours, but I have yet to do that and I'm also a little worried about ruining them since there is a high price tag on them. But I have to say, they are my favorite shoes. And then my fourth pair is actually a pair that I don't have yet. And that's because I made a terrible drunken decision. I'm talking about the nike tom Sachs general purpose shoe a few weeks ago i came home from a night out and i decided that i was going to make a splash purchase so what i did was that i logged on and i i, I tried to buy a shoe that i've talked about on retail therapy numerous times but it's really a shoe that i think is pretty good looking and pretty versatile and so what i did was i drunkenly bought that shoe on a resale site and uh, when i got the email the next morning i realized that i had bought a 10 in women's sizing and of course i'm a 10 and a half in men's sizing and so now i'm just sitting in my place with a pair of size 10 and a half women's nike tom Sachs general purpose shoes that obviously don't fit so if anyone out there is looking for some just let me know and i can probably get you a deal for them our next question how do i deal with a reckless sunday and how it ripples through the rest of my week how do you regain structure and consistency I have to admit, this is really the reason that I don't do Sunday fun day anymore. I can't handle it physically. I can't handle it mentally. And it's just not worth starting my week off with that kind of, you know, just general gross feeling. And so what I've done is I've completely removed that idea from my life in general. If I'm going to have a drink on Sunday, it's probably just going to be a beer in the afternoon or a glass of wine with dinner. Just so I don't feel that way the next morning. But the issue is, when you do feel that way, how do you get around it? And I hate to default to last week's episode, But I actually think the bare minimum Monday mentality is probably exactly what you need. It's where you only do the required tasks of yourself on Monday, and you kind of maybe sign off a little bit earlier. You don't put too much on your plate on Monday, and Monday's focus is just rehydrating yourself and making sure that nothing goes wrong. You just go in full damage control mode. Of course, you can always wake up on Tuesday feeling even worse, but I have to admit, if you just focus on yourself on Monday, and you do everything you can to feel healthier, You will regain that structure and consistency as long as you don't need to put out too many fires that day. Our next question I'm unemployed with a three month severance and no rush to go back to work for at least two of those months. If you were in my position, what would you do? I've actually never been employed for more than two weeks, and this is both a point of pride but also something that I beat myself up over all the time. It absolutely scares the hell out of me not to have a regular paycheck. And honestly my biggest regret is not taking more time for myself in my formative adult years really my mid-20s my late 20s and even my early 30s i've never wanted to be fired from a job but the idea of having three months severance and no stress sounds fairly ideal if you're going to get fired so here are my options my first option is to go see friends that you haven't seen in their cities whether they moved there after college or whether they've been living there for a very long time it's worth going and seeing those friends and the new life that they've created in those cities. It's something I haven't done enough of. It's always so much fun to go there. It's so much fun just to get out and do it. And hey, if you're staying with a friend, it's probably going to be a relatively inexpensive stay. And that's perfect for someone that's unemployed. My second option is to take a solo trip that's just for you to a city that you've never been to. You could road trip to a national park. You could travel Europe for as cheap as you can. And I promise, I promise you, you can do it cheaper than you think. There will be a time in your life when you'll kick yourself for not doing more when you had the time, believe me. So go try and do that. And option three, if you're feeling the productivity itch, use that same time to hone in on a side hustle, a hobby, or something that you've just never had time to dedicate to. Who knows what could come of it? It could be your answer to employment by the end of those three months. You could have a total side hustle or even just a satisfying hobby. Being unemployed, it can absolutely suck. And I know I'm interacting with listeners from Instagram and listeners of this podcast uh, and a lot of scary supporters lately that have been laid off recently. There is light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. When I was looking to expand my creative outlet, I knew what I wanted to do, but I did not know how to build a website. And luckily, Squarespace was there for me. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything. Your products, the content you create, and even your time. Without Squarespace, I truly wouldn't be where I am today. Whether it was their blogging platform that made it really easy to connect with our our followers, whether it was their e-commerce platform which made it easy to sell our first products, or even their email marketing platform, which allows you to collect emails and send out email blasts to everybody. It just made it so much easier to create a product to sell to somebody and to update it and to look good while doing it. I have to admit that Squarespace is something that I will always look back on fondly when it comes to starting my career in content, and it's a product that I recommend to people even to this day. Head over to squarespace.com slash scaries for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARIES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that is squarespace.com slash for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARIES to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Let's get into another crop of questions, shall we? Our next. Have your drinking habits changed? since doing dry January. Here's an admission. I drank three times in January. For my birthday, for a rodeo that I went to, and for another night at a restaurant that just simply had incredible cocktails and I didn't want to avoid it. Here's another admission. Ever since having my son doing long stretches over of no drinking, it really feels easier and easier to me. So doing sober January or dry January, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't that difficult. But in my late 20s, That was obviously a different story. Throughout February this year, however, I actually did drink considerably less than I had in previous years gone by. Though I'm not sure if that's a symptom of maturing, worsening hangovers, or dry January's effect on me. I feel pretty good doing that. I did begin to wonder, however, how dry January affects people overall, and here's what I found. The Washington Post said, They found that in general, people who took part in dry January were still drinking considerably less following August. On average, the number of days on which they drank fell from 4.3 days per week before the challenge to 3.3 days per week a half year later. And the amount that they drank on each occasion fell, and they got drunk less frequently. That sounds pretty good. My drinking habits as of late have, unfortunately, felt like they've reached peak maturity. I've been capping myself around three drinks on my nights out. I've been sticking to one specific type of liquor or alcohol. I've been trying to drink better liquor, or wine if that's the case. And honestly, I can feel hungover after even two strong drinks, which deters me. I know, I know, I hate it too. But the thing that stuck with me the the most since January has actually surprised me. It's the fact that I'm still sticking to my pescatarian diet that I did as well. And yes, I do love the way that I feel on it. And yes, I am still telling everyone about it. And I don't think it's forever, but I'll ride this horse until it bucks me off. Our next question. Why is hating on your job so much fun? Even if you don't hate your job... Why do we as humans enjoy complaining about it? When I first started Sunday Scaries, I didn't start because I hated my job. Granted, I don't think anyone in their mid-20s has head over heels in love with their job in the first place. I think we all have some issue with our job, whether we want to admit it or not. Your schedule, your pay, your responsibilities, your coworkers. Anyone who doesn't have a distaste for something in their job simply hasn't been there long enough to realize what it is yet. But in life, think about the things that we complain about. Money, time, stress and think about how all those things relate to what we do day in and day out at our jobs. On a larger scale though, I think there's a different reason that we all default to hating our jobs. And it's the same thought process behind trying to cure our Sunday scaries. It's the age old saying around here, we're a lot less scared collectively than we are individually. And if there's one thing we can all cling to and agree on, it's that we'd rather not be working than working most days. Our next question. If you could start one hobby right now with zero learning curve, what would you do? Honestly, I'm always looking for new hobbies, but as we all know, it's incredibly difficult to actually pick them up and stick with them. Time is of the essence, and so many of us are already stretching ourselves thin, that it's hard to pick up some random hobby and feel good about doing it, rather than just feeling like you're just trying to distract yourself for a few minutes. Over the last few years, I know my life has changed a lot. I've been, you know, a partner in my own company. I've had a child, I've gotten married. There've been a lot of things that have taken away from my free time, and so it's been much more difficult to hone in those hobbies and have that alone time. And I think having that alone time, especially for creative people, is just so important. In the last few years alone, I've told myself so many different things. I've told myself that I'm going to kayak more, and I'm going to play more tennis, and I'm going to start drawing again. That i'm actually going to write for pleasure more spoiler alert outside of journaling which i guess counts for writing for pleasure i've hardly done any of those things and so really i've got three things that i think would be fun hobbies to get into i have an indoor one an outdoor one and then one that would require an unlimited budget let's start with indoor and this is i think the one that i'm most into it's oil painting i've been gravitating toward this for some time lately Back in high school, I did an independent class where uh, I was actually with one of my friends doing the independent class and she was doing a lot of oil painting and I was always interested in it. And as a kid, I had a mentorship when uh, I was probably, I don't know, I'd have to say 10 or 12 years old. And uh, we did a little oil painting then and I always liked it. And what I like even more is the finished product. And so I've had that creative itch lately and it feels different than what I do here. And so I think I might get into it. If anyone has any you know tips or, or starters to get into it, please please dm me because i'm very interested in this uh for an outdoor one is definitely one that i've talked about before i've been saying it for too long it's definitely fly fishing but this it unfortunately requires a sustained amount of time that i simply don't have right now i can't just hop out and be gone for an entire day or an entire morning for that matter and so i'm kind of scared that i want to do it more for the vibe than to actually catch any fish but you know getting outdoors in general it's not the worst thing in the world But the one that I would wanna do that would require really an unlimited budget in order to do it how I wanna do it would be you know getting into wine or whiskey. Wine tasting or whiskey tastings are so much fun and they're really the two alcohols that I care the most about. But one issue that I have is that I really do have a terrible palate, so all this might be wasted on me. I'd really feel guilty getting into a hobby like this unless I had unlimited money. And I don't like paying for hangovers at this point in my life, so who knows? We'll have to wait and see. We all have busy lives these days and can't afford to waste a day stuck on the couch because of a few drinks the night before. Zbiotics is the answer we've all been looking for. Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into toxic byproducts in the gut. In this byproduct, not dehydration, That's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol and drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best the next day. The first time I tried Z-Biotics was actually before a concert on a Sunday night. As instructed, I drank the bottle before I had any alcohol and I was amazed at how good I felt the next day. Give ZBiotics a try for yourself. Go to ZBiotics.com/slash scaries to get 15% off your first order when you use Scaries at checkout. ZBiotics is backed with a hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember to head to ZBiotics.com/slash scaries and use the code scaries at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, ZBiotics, for sponsoring this episode. And now, we're going to close out this episode like we close out every listener question episode with some rapid-fire questions. Our first, if there was an animal that represented Sunday Scaries, what would it be? I thought way too long and way too hard about this, and all I could think of was an otter floating down a river on a foggy morning in Northern California. And no, I don't have much of an explanation as to why, except that I kind of look like an otter sometimes. Our next question Are you hiring in any capacity? As much as I'd like to, I have to admit that we're not currently hiring anything full-time, but I'm always kind of looking for people or brands to collaborate with or do freelance with. There's several different areas that I think that we could really improve on, even though we're already doing a pretty good job in a lot of these areas, but those things are really apparel design, events, and a newsletter, or I guess just written content. But as it stands right now, I think I'm a little too much of a control freak to even think about hiring anyone on the scary side of things full-time. And so I'm enjoying doing this. I really do like doing things on my own. I like having a creative product that I can have my hands completely on. And so, yeah, we're not hiring any time, but I am looking for people to collaborate with at all times because I think it's just so much fun to do. Our next question, what's your ultimate eat-on-the-couch Sunday dessert? I don't know what's come over me in the last two years, but it used to be ice cream. And don't get me wrong, I still absolutely love ice cream. My favorite is hands down half-baked from Ben & Jerry's. But as of late, I've had a much different craving. It's been store-bought cheesecake from your hungover Sunday afternoon run after realizing that you don't have any food in your fridge for dinner. There's something about a grocery store piece of cheesecake that just kind of feels right to me. I'm not gonna feel bad about that. Our next question, what's your favorite Grateful Dead album? A lot of you know that I did get into The Grateful Dead a lot more during lockdown. There was so much music to listen to, and I just kind of fell into it, and I really liked it. I think the beauty of The Grateful Dead is that your taste in listening to them, it almost evolves just like they have as a band, or they did as a band, and so I feel like my tastes are kind of always evolving as well with them. Currently, my favorite album that I've been listening to is from March 9th, 1981, and it's their Madison Square Garden show. I don't know if they did a run of shows during that time, but there's something about the March 9th show from 1981 that just really hits. But all time, I think my answer is not a very uncommon answer. And that would be Cornell 77, which like I said, it's not a unique answer, but it's considered to be one of their best concerts. And the fact that it's on Spotify makes it very easy to listen to over and over and over. Our next question, what's your brunch order these days? I have to admit, I don't go to brunch very often, but I did just go on vacation and we did eat breakfast every morning. And even though I was kind of gravitating towards wanting some, some home fries every morning for some reason, it was really the saltiness for me. I've been gravitating sweet lately. I think it's the pescatarian part of the diet. Not eating breakfast meats makes it a little more difficult to get like two eggs and some bacon or something. And so, honestly, French toast, waffles, an acai bowl. I don't know. I've got a sweet tooth lately. Not proud of it. Our next question If I'm new to the podcast, where's the best place to start? Honestly, I've always done my best to have evergreen episodes, so I really think you can start anywhere. But if you do start from the beginning, I would like to apologize. You will hear a much different podcast than the one that you hear today, and I think that's a good thing. I was a little more gun-shy, I was a little more regimented, and I was a little less natural on the mic. And so if you do start at the beginning, just know that I, I do think I've grown a little bit, so don't judge me too much on those early ones. Our next one. Do you have any recommendations for things to do in Scotland? I'm not a Scotland expert. I have to admit, I've only been there one time. I did have a very good time and we were there for about a week. But again, I'm not an expert, so I'll just say the things that we did and kind of weigh in on that. The first thing that we did was we took a train into Edinburgh. That was a bucket list city for me. There's unbelievable architecture. There was great food. The pubs were awesome. Walking around was great. It was just an all around great time. And I'm glad that I've been there because I definitely want to go back. Another thing that we did was we went to the Scottish Highlands. Uh, We didn't drive too far, but it was a couple hours north. And so much of Scotland's beauty is in the geography. And so make sure that if you go there, you don't just go to a city and park it there. Go to the Highlands, go to the coast, go somewhere. And finally, you gotta try their food. Try some haggis, try some neeps and tatties, or my favorite, the cullen Skink, which is kind of just a creamy white soup with some, some flaky fish in it. Or you can just do a Scotch and gin tasting. I don't think you'll go wrong there. Our next question. Do you have any tips for sleeping through a red-eye flight? I am not a medical professional, and I guarantee you that a medical professional would not condone what I'm about to say, but my methodology is pretty simple. I either have a wine or a whiskey, I take a generic sleep aid, and then I wake up the next morning, wherever I am with a headache. Our next question. What is your go-to mug? Handmade? Travel? Store-bought? From a trip? Honestly, I would love to say that my favorite mug has some sort of sentimental value behind it, but it doesn't. It's honestly from a car dealership. When I started leasing my Q5 from Audi, I got a gray mug gifted to me from the dealership with a black lip and a small white Audi logo that I try to ignore when I'm drinking out of it. But honestly, I just love the mug. I love the way that it feels in my hand and it never dribbles when I drink out of it. I'll I'll be very devastated when it breaks, which is, as I've learned from myself, an inevitability. And our final question this week, how do you get your friends to actually commit to a friend vacation? (sighs) This is a question that's plagued me over the last few years, and it only gets more difficult as you get older. So if you've got any tips, I'm all ears. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.